This is Field Talk Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Bartu Wilson, coming to you, uh, giving you a daily dose of medicine that's going to inspire you, motivate you, and live at your full potential. Today, I have a special guest, Nicole, Dr. Nicole Rankin. How are you doing today? I'm good. And Nicole is perfectly fine. I'm not at work. so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So let's jump into it. Let's get into a little bit of background about yeah. you and how you got started. So what was your inspiration to get into the medical field? So for a long time, I was a little bit wishy-washy on this story, but the honest to goodness truth is I, in, in college, I actually majored in math and mechanical engineering. And in between that um, time, like I did a dual degree program. I went to Spelman uh, for my math degree and then North Carolina Anti State University for my mechanical engineer degree. In between that time, I studied abroad for a year in Kenya. And that sort of just like got me thinking about how I wanted to do things a little bit different. I got a little bit interested in medicine just from seeing how things were done different there. And then literally when I came back, I was like in my dorm room at A&T and I looked in a mirror and I saw myself wearing a white coat. And that was like something that just sort of like sparked, like you should go to medical school. So it was, it was never like, it was, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to be a doctor since I was a certain age, but that moment I really just kind of put the seed in my head that no, this is what you're supposed to do. Nice, nice, nice. That's like one of those Instagram memes where the kid is like looking into the window and seeing their future self. He was uh -huh. like, <laughs> you really live that moment. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, what made you pick becoming an OBGYN? So, I knew that I wanted to do something with my hands. So, I like being able to do things with my hands. And, uh, I also knew that I like taking care of women. I actually hated having male patients, no shade, but <laughs> I, I, when I was in medical school, I got like hit on and, you know, I just was like, I, I'm, you know, y'all can do you. I want to take care of women. And I toyed between OBGYN and general surgery and maybe going down like a general surgery, um, maybe breast surgeon track, but just ended up falling in love with the diversity of OBGYN and that you could do lots of different things. And it's um, interesting now because 99% of what I do is deliver babies. When I actually started out, I was 100% certain in medical school that I was going to be a GYN oncologist which is an OBGYN who specializes in gynecology cancer. So I did like a full circle shift. And that's one of the beauties of OBGYN. It has a lot of different pathways that you can take. Great, great, great. So uh, you said 99% is delivering babies. Mm -hmm. So I guess you get very attached to the mother and the newborn once they come out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would think that I do. I love, so I work as an, I should be clear, I work as an OB hospitalist. So what that means is that I only work in the hospital. Okay. I don't, I don't have an office practice. I don't, um, you can't schedule an appointment with me. I do 24 hour shifts at a time. As a matter of fact, I did one yesterday. So 24 hour shifts at a time. And I do those um, like seven times roughly a month. And then the rest of the days I have completely off. So when I'm at the hospital, you know, mostly I'm, I'm catching, catching babies. And I do get attached to the moment because birth is this really beautiful, special moment of welcoming, welcoming new life into the world. 
And it's also a nice way that even if people are from different backgrounds, um, even if you can't like, because we have a lot of people in our area who may not necessarily speak English, you can still find ways of connection through smiles and the joy of the moment. So literally birth just never gets old. And it's really my passion and purpose to help people have that great experience for this monumental piece of their life. But as far as like getting attached to the babies, uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, they, they are so cute, but my husband would be like, I, I don't know. We we're done. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking about that and delivering babies, mm-hmm. you have a popular podcast. Mm-hmm. Would you mind talking about your podcast for a little bit and how that people can get more information about it? Yeah, so my podcast is called All About Pregnancy and Birth. At this point, it's been downloaded over 600,000 times. It's been, I started it a couple years ago, and that's kind of a short story long about how I got to start that. I initially started out in medicine thinking that I was going to do academics that ended up not working out for a number of reasons. I wasn't right for them. They weren't right for me. I found myself um, needing to find a new job pretty quickly and stumbled into this hospitalist world. But I also wanted to um, have a way of connecting with folks. Cause like I said, during the shift work, I only see who, who I, who I kind of see. So I wanted a way of helping people on a, on a more um, lengthy, not lengthy basis, but on a more ongoing basis, so to speak, where I could connect with people. And I also wanted to be able to be a source of evidence-based information, but also holistic information that really centers that that pregnant woman and her experience about pregnancy and birth and kind of combat a lot of the, the misinformation trash that's sort of out there and let people know that there are some good doctors out there who want to do the right thing and take care of of people because especially in birth you know maternal mortality and things like that we we have some areas to work so I initially started out doing a blog that was too hard to keep up and then I myself am a podcast junkie I listen to podcasts all the time and so I decided like you know what maybe I can start a podcast and as you know it's actually not very hard to start a podcast. The hard part is keeping it up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the starting part is easy. So that's how I ended up starting a podcast. And on my podcast, I talk about um, people come on and share their birth stories. I interview guests. I um, talk about topics myself. And I, and I try to find like different sort of guests and topics and things to, to talk about, not just traditional things. Like for instance, I'll have somebody come, I have somebody come on and talk about like what do you do when you have a new baby and you have dogs and you need to get your baby and your dogs to get along? So I try to find, but I also talk about serious things too, like maternal mortality and things like that. So a wide range of topics. And that kind of feeds into my, my one, my full-time online business as well, which is my online childbirth education class. Okay. Okay. Since you brought that course up in the class, (laughs) let's jump into it. So what can they learn within that class? Yeah, so I really focus on on helping first-time moms who plan to give birth in the hospital in the U.S. So I'm very specific in that sense that I'm not 
Um, although I have folks who've had children before and they come come to my, they take my class. I'm really focused on, I really love helping first time moms because I know how scared they are. I know how overwhelming it can be. I know how they just don't know a lot about pregnancy and birth. And I specifically focus on hospital birth. Um, I don't have a problem. Home birth is an appropriate option for uh, some folks who are low risk and you have the right training and all of those things, but that's not what I know. So that's not, that's not my lane. My lane is hospital birth. That's what I've been doing for 15 years. So that's the lane that I stay in and I know very well. And that's what I help people do. I also focus on making the course very, very affordable. Um, it's important to me. I know that having a baby is expensive. So I, I make it affordable and try to pack as much content in it as possible. All right. So the course is, um, it's learn at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's some of the things that you actually would discuss in the course if someone's listening to it and be like, you know what, I need to get this course because I'm expecting Having a baby, soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, def- it's all online. It's learn at your own pace. It is about uh, 10 hours of content. And I have a, a process, something that I call my beautiful birth process, beautiful birth prep process. And step one of the process is to um, what I call set the tone for your birth. So much about your birth is your mindset. So you have to first focus on getting your mindset in the right space. So that's the first thing that we talk about is how to get in the right mindset with things like meditation, affirmations, vision boards, um, um, gratitude, exercise, actually moving your body. And then also within that, you need to have the right support around you. So focus on how you make sure you have the right support with you for your birth. Then the second step is learn all the details of labor and birth. So that's where we get into all the nitty gritty of like, the stages of labor, how long labor lasts, um, how you push a baby out without messing up your body, (laughs) pain management, all of those things, all of those details of labor and birth, and specifically like what it's like in the hospital. So when you show up in a hospital room, here's what it's like, and here's how the process flows. Here's how long you should expect for labor to happen. And then step three is to prepare yourself for the possibilities because birth is an unpredictable process and none of us can plan birth. Your doctor can't plan birth, midwife, you can't plan birth, your baby plans their birth and they don't tell us what they (laughs) intend to do. So preparing yourself for for possibilities and that riding that, um, how to to really be able to ride that unpredictable nature confidently. So knowing things like, how cesarean works, how labor induction works, how like a vacuum or forceps birth works, all of those things. And then step four is learning about the postpartum period because really having a baby is just the beginning and it's like a lifetime journey. So I really focus on helping folks through those first six weeks postpartum, what to expect, warning signs to look out for, because actually 60% of maternal mortality happens after birth. Um, so warning signs to look out for, how to be prepared, the mental, the physical changes. And then the fifth step in the process is making your birth wishes. I don't say birth plan because um, you can't plan birth, but birth wishes and how to do that and how to use all that information to make your birth wishes and talk to your doctor about the things that you want so you can have that great experience. So as you can see, I get passionate to talk about my <laughs> my course and my work. I really, really, it, it's a small thing that's now turned into a, a bigger a bigger thing, but, but I love it. That's the, the nitty gritty of my course. That's amazing. It seems like you got a jam packed with a whole lot of information that mm-hmm. people should be able to come out of that course, feeling real confident mm-hmm. and empowered going yep. forward. You got it. I tell people you'll be calm, confident, and empowered for your birth. 
That's great. So uh, how long have you been doing the course and are, are people able to contact you directly if they get the course? Um, oh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, so the course has been, I've had it since, I, I did the first version in 2019, 2018, 19, and then I just re-recorded the whole thing this year and it exploded with COVID um, in terms of looking for online uh, options. As, for, as far as being able to contact me directly, one of the really important parts of the course is a support piece and a community. So there's a private Facebook group for the course where I'm in the group. I also have a community manager for the group who's an experienced doula. Um, so uh, someone in my community who's amazing. So she uh, is in the group as well because I don't, I don't, I'm, I know enough to know that I don't know everything about birth and I know what I know, but um, doulas are, provide great support and evidence and help. So it's really important that I have her in that group. And I do Q&A sessions. I do videos in that group. People can connect with me, with me there. Honestly, the biggest part of the group that I think people like the most is being able to connect with other pregnant um, moms and postpartum moms and have a judgment-free place where you can ask questions and, and, and get, um, you know, feedback on things. So yes, people do have much more access to me uh, it, within that, that private Facebook group. Okay, great. That's interesting that you mentioned a doula. I interviewed a doula on a podcast once and just knowing as much as how much they do for uh, the birth and for the mother and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I'm like, like, wow, I never knew that because I guess I wasn't, you know, I never, you, I mean, you would never, yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't have a reason to, to know, but yeah, they're, they're research backed there that they can help shorten labor, reduce pain management. Um, they are a great addition. So, yeah. Um, so how do you have like this work life balance since you have the podcast? Mm -hmm. You have the course, mm -hmm. you work yeah. 24 hours <laughs> on yeah, your so, shifts. <laughs> so yeah, I work full. So I still practice full-time as an obstetrician. I have this whole complete business on, with the, the podcast and the course that is a true bona fide business. And um, I'm also, like you said, a wife. I'm also a mother. So one of the biggest things that I would say is to get help. <laughs> I cannot do all of this by myself. And sometimes getting help before you are, um, you think you need it. And also before you even necessarily, uh, I don't want to scare people, but have the, have the money for it. Sometimes you have to find the coins, you know, collect yourself together to invest in yourself, especially if you're doing a business. So to help grow a business, you need to invest in it. Um, I had the, the luxury of still working full time. So that feeds our family and pays the bills and all of those things while I've grown this business on, on the side. But in my, my business side, I have a VA, a virtual assistant part-time who helps me. I have a podcast editor who edits my podcast. All I do is sit at the mic and record and she takes it from there. I have a business manager. Um, I have a social media person. These are all part-time people. Uh, and in the beginning, I did all this stuff myself. I even built my, web my website myself in the beginning. Uh, so you, I learned all of those things, but it got to be overwhelming. So um, definitely having help for sure is 100% how, how I make that work. And then setting boundaries is a really important piece as, as well, where I set boundaries around my time so that I 
put my time towards the things that I know that are important to me and, and make a difference for me. And then I tell people that I'm not available at certain times. And that's just, you know, whether it's work or whatever it is, like I have a day every week that I completely block where there's no meetings, no recordings, no, 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 nothing for any, anybody, unless I decide that that's what I want. Um, so really just setting boundaries, I think, and hire, and having help are the two, two biggest things that contribute to me being able to do this. And that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the first things. For first time someone ever said that normally people would be like two phones, this and this, whatever, but coming in and saying that needing help was able to help you free up your time. Yes. Especially if like if you have um, and it depends on what you're trying to do. You know, I don't know how many of your folks are doing like their own entrepreneurial sort of things, but you have to think about what your time as the business owner is worth. And, um, and don't get me wrong. I didn't start this business because I was like this for the money-making aspect. It's fine if that's what people want. I, I do this because I love it and I love being of service, but there's nothing wrong with me getting paid either for my work. Okay. So, okay. So I can be paid. I can help people and get paid for my work. And what brings in the dollars is my face on camera or talking or the things that only I can do. So I have to be very intentional about, is this something that I can hand off to somebody and teach them how to do it? So I can then spend my time doing the things that generates the revenue, which actually helps everybody in the business. And it helps me to support other people um, um, working. Like I, my, my VA and my assistants, they are moms with children, you know, so it, it helps to, to snowball, but for sure getting help is, is really important. Great, great. Um, all right. So I think this might be my last question. Mm-hmm. What is your goals or... Yeah, what is your next five to 10 year goals from now? Where do you see your podcast, the courses, and yourself going? Yes, that is a really good question. So um, I have always struggled with this question because when I look back on um, how the traje- trajectory of my life has unfolded, I could have never predicted like any of this. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's always hard for me to say like, what it looks like five or 10 years. Like, as I said, I, I started in academics. I um, actually almost got fired from my job, even as a type A person. That was mm-hmm. a very challenging, difficult thing for me to 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 manage. Um, but yeah, so it's hard for me to say five to 10 years because I don't, I don't, um, I, I don't know. I, I like the the openness of being open to, receive guidance for whatever direction I need to go in to, to live my purpose. But if I had to, (laughs) but if I had to wish, I would say for sure, I'll still be doing the podcast. I would think if, I don't know about 10 years, that seems like a long time, but I think five years for sure, definitely still be doing the, the, the podcast and just having lots of guests and, and, um, uh, different types of guests, bigger guests, more famous people kinds of things. In terms of my business, I 100% believe I can take my business to a point where I can back down in my clinical work. So enough revenue that I can, I don't want to stop practicing because I love what I do, but just back down a little bit on the number of shifts that I have. And really my long-term goal is just 
create uh, wealth and generational wealth for myself, for my children, being able to have resources to have experiences and also being able to support causes and advocate for things that are important to me and my family. So that means, you know, stroking checks for a foundation and saying that, hey, go out and do this work. Cause I'm not like a march in the streets kind of girl. So, <laughs> but I would be happy if I could to write somebody a check to support yeah. them. You know, so really just being in tune with those things are are important to me in the in the big picture. Man, that's amazing. That's good. That's yep. good. Yep. So do you have any closing words you want to leave uh the listeners with? before we go out and also I need to we'll say that then I got another one something else okay all right yeah I would really say that um it really is a journey and all of these things and figuring out like I'm at a point now where I feel pretty very comfortable with myself and the things that I want and who I am but um, getting there takes some time and it takes some self-reflection and it takes some um, like creating white space in your life to kind of think, to just be open to receive. So I would say be intentional about like, shut off your phone, shut off the TV, go for a walk, just create that sort of white space where you can have your, your ideas in your mind flow. <laughs> and um, things like meditation are, are really important. Um, I, I would also say like in your, your, work and I should say it's um it's a constant sort of thing like you don't arrive and then you're done <laughs> like for instance I do things like affirmations to help me every day to get my mind set right in the in the morning like it helps me to sort of get my day going so it's a constant sort of sort of um learning and getting new tools to to help you be your best self but it's totally 100% worth it and it feels feels good when, when you can, when you can get there. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is that it, you will have setbacks and this sounds so cliche, but it really is how you manage those setbacks that makes a difference in terms of what, how things happen in your life. Like nobody who, you know, or has gotten something or is famous or successful, everyone has had setbacks, but it literally is how you manage and how you learn from those situations going forward. That is what truly makes, makes the difference. That's some great advice. you <laughs> <laughs> like, you was talking to me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's how we're doing. <laughs> um, so if anybody want to reach out to you, mm -hmm. um, can you tell them your Instagram handles? Can you tell them how to get in contact with your, uh, course how to get your course yeah and how they can listen to your podcast sure absolutely so i am everywhere at dr nicole rankins so my website is dr nicole rankins.com uh instagram is my biggest social media platform i have about 12 12 a little over twelve thousand followers there right now that's at dr nicole rankins um and my course is called all about pregnancy and birth you can either get to it through my website or it's on you know iTunes, the, all of the podcast things, but at Dr. Nicole Rankins, I'm also on LinkedIn there, Twitter. I'm just starting to get into Twitter. I'm on Twitter there uh, at Dr. Nicole Rankins as well. That's kind of like my fun sort of place to not do anything major is, is Twitter. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Rankin for coming on Pill Talk podcast, giving us a daily dose of medicine that's going to inspire, motivate, 
others to live at their full potential. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. No problem.